February 15, 1900. Bert Alford, a former lawman, five desperados, including Bravo Juan Yaus, Billy Stiles, and three-fingered Jack Dunlop, had carefully planned their latest caper, robbery of the express car that was carrying a payroll when the train made a stop in Fairbanks, a small town north of Tombstone in Arizona. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. The plan was simple and daring. What the outlaws didn't know was that Jeff Davis Milton, a man that they had planned to avoid, was acting as guard of that payroll. Today we're taking a bit of a detour off Route 66, even though a community along that highway does figure into our time travel. We're going to step back a bit, share a few of our favorite places for experiencing the best of the western frontier, and hopefully inspire a road trip or two. Good morning, fellow adventurers. This morning on 10 Minutes with Jim, our adventure is a bit of time travel wrapped in a road trip. First, I want to thank the boys of the Road Crew for our theme song. Check out the Road Crew's website at roadcrew66.com for some great tunes. And, of course, I need to thank this week's program sponsor, Calico's Restaurant in Kingman, Arizona. Located on Beale Street, just one block off Route 66, and within walking distance of the Powerhouse Visitor Center and the Mojave Museum of History and Arts, Calico's has a wide and diverse menu that makes it an ideal stop for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. As a bonus, they have two large meeting and conference rooms, one with a complete bar, and the restaurant's crew is quite experienced in working with groups large and small. This program, and Jim Hinckley's America, is also made possible through support of our crowdfunding initiative on the Patreon platform. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash Jim Hinckley's America. Now, as the theme song says, come along for the ride. Jeff Milton was a legend on the frontier of the Arizona and New Mexico territory in the 19th century. He left home at age 15, learned the skills of the cowboy in Texas. In 1878, he lied about his age and joined the Texas Rangers. During his four years with the Rangers, he took on some of the most feared outlaws of the day, often alone, after tracking them through the wilderness deep into the Big Bend country. Then he moved into New Mexico and continued bringing law to a lawless land as Deputy U.S. Marshal. His career continued as Deputy to Sheriff John Slaughter in Cochise County, Arizona, and as Chief of Police in El Paso, Texas. The list of outlaws that he brought to justice or killed in blazing gun battles was lengthy. In the winter of 1899-1900, Milton was working as a Wells Fargo Express agent with a railroad in southern Arizona. Alvord and his gang had carefully planned the robbery when Milton was not to be on duty. What they could not know is that Milton was stepping in for an agent that was down sick. When the train stopped in Fairbank, Milton began handing packages to the station agent. Alvord and his crew staggered toward the station, posing as drunken cowboys. When they drew close, they recognized Milton and opened fire. The element of surprise was in their favor. Milton was struck several times and his left arm was shattered, but Milton was born with a bark on and he was tough as a bag of nails. 
He returned fire and stashed the keys to the express safe. Three-fingered Jack would die the next day from wounds he received. Yallis was also wounded and captured. The rest of the gang escaped, but without the money they had come for. Milton would recover from his wounds, but lost almost the entire use of his left arm. None of this stopped him. In 1904, he was commissioned by President Theodore Roosevelt to the position of Mounted Chinese Inspector, and he patrolled the Mexican border as large numbers of Chinese were being smuggled into the U.S. In 1919, at the age of 62, Milton became the first officer appointed to the newly established U.S. Immigration Service Border Patrol in 1924. He died peacefully in Tucson, Arizona in 1947. There isn't much left of Fairbank. Located along State Highway 82 in the scenic San Pedro Riparian area, the Bureau of Land Management preserves the remnants, including a couple of houses and a picturesque store, in a sort of arrested state of decay. It's a great stop on a trip south to Tombstone and Bisbee. Tombstone is sort of like Las Vegas, Nevada. Everybody should see it at least once. However, except for the courthouse, Tombstone is largely little more than a movie set. My father-in-law that was born in Tombstone returned in the 1980s for a family reunion and lamented the fact the sidewalks have been replaced by boardwalks. The family has a long association with Tombstone and has a couple of illustrious members. His grandfather was the sheriff of Cochise County out of Tombstone. Colonel James Macia was born in Tombstone in 1916. His family owned what is now known as the Rose Tree Inn. During World War II, he was the navigator bombardier on one of the aircraft assigned to Doolittle's Raiders on Japan. If you're going to be exploring southeast Arizona, I suggest kicking off the trip in dynamic Tucson, a big city that somehow successfully mimics a small town. Roll south, be sure and check out the centuries-old San Javier del Bach Mission Church, often referenced as the Sistine Chapel of the Desert. Then head for Fairbank, but be sure to include time for a stop at Karchner Caverns. Stop in Tombstone for some quick photos, and then follow Highway 80 south into the Mule Pass Mountains. When you get to the tunnel, steal yourself for a surprise, as this is a portal into a lost world. Bisbee, in my humble opinion is one of the best-preserved Western Frontier-era cities in the Southwest. Forget the Stairmaster, the old mining town-turned-artist colony nestled in a picturesque canyon is best explored on foot. To give you an idea as to how steep the side streets are, consider the annual Bisbee 1000 Great Stair Climb Race, a 4.5-mile grueling race that includes negotiating over 1,000 steps. And if you make but one stop in Bisbee, make it the delightful Copper Queen Hotel with its excellent restaurant and historic bar. Built in 1902, this was the crown jewel in Arizona's Copper Queen City. In recent years, as the hotel and the town was transformed from mining city to artist hub, the hotel became a destination for a legion of celebrities, including John Wayne, Lee Marvin, Lee Remick, Michelle Pfeiffer, Julia Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland, Ollie North, Nancy Reagan, and Senator John McCain. As the historic business district has survived into the modern era unscathed, it's a favorite filming location. Okay, I promised at least one Route 66 connection to the Old West. A few blocks off Route 66 in Holbrook, Arizona, 
on Joy Nevin Avenue is a nondescript little house with a very large historic marker and a connection to an even bigger event in history. It was here in 1887 that Sheriff Commodore Perry Owens came to arrest Andy and John Blevins, members of a family of rustlers and murderers. Andy was in front of the house throwing a saddle on his horse when he saw Owens approaching. He turned quickly and rushed back into the house where John Blevins and an accomplice, Moat Roberts, and young Sam Houston Blevins were staying with the widow Mary Blevins and her young children. Owens stepped up on the porch and, according to later testimony, said, Andy, I have a warrant for you, and I want you to come along with me. Give me a few minutes, Andy replied, as he tried to close the door that was blocked by Owen's dusty boot. Andy raised his gun to fire, and in the blink of an eye, Owens, with his Winchester in the crock of his arm, fired through the door, mortally wounding Andy. John Blevins fired his revolver from in the room, missed Owens, and killed Andy's horse. Owens returned fire, hitting Blevins in the shoulder. Andy was raising himself up on his knees to fire and was shot again in the hip by another bullet from Owens' Winchester. Sheriff Owens backed off the porch with his rifle still covering the house when he saw Moat Roberts crawling out of a window with a pistol in hand. Owens fired again. Roberts died instantly. Then 15-year-old Sam Houston Blevins came out of the door with Andy's pistol blazing as he advanced towards Owens. The sheriff's Winchester barked again and the boy dropped to the ground with a mortal wound to the chest. But before the smoke had cleared, Owens turned and quietly walked back towards the livery stable. The gunfight had lasted less than five minutes. Several people suddenly appeared, and a bystander asked, Have you finished the job? I think I have, he grimly replied. I've always used a bit of history to enhance my road trip adventure. And I hope that today's 10 Minutes with Jim program inspires a road trip or two, and a bit of reading. My friends, thank you for joining us on this week's adventure. If you have questions about today's detours, planning a Route 66 adventure, or suggestions for a future program, drop me a note. I always enjoy telling people where to go, so join us next week for another episode of 10 Minutes with Jim. So until we meet again next week, amigos, we'll see you on the road. Vaya con Dios! Come along for the ride Jim Hinckley's America Jim Hinckley's America